Life is a highway, and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one crispy so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. Start clean with Clorox, because Clorox delivers a powerful clean every time. Because messes happen. Because... Hey, listen, remember how you told me to toss those takeout containers before we left for vacation? And you were like, I'm serious. If that leaks over the counter, it'll be a slimy abomination by the time I get back. And I was like, yeah, 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 of course. Don't worry about it. I won't forget. <laughs> well. Ooh, yeah, that happens. So start clean with Clorox. Use Clorox products as directed. Rinse after use if in contact with food surface. Welcome back, Pods fans, to another episode of Ring the Bell Pods Talk. Nick Kreider here, joined as always by the three-time All-Star, Heath Bell. On this episode, we are actually using our audio from a guest episode we did on the Believe Los podcast. That is a Dodgers podcast, also on the Believe Network. So kick back, relax, and enjoy this Dodgers preview. And joining us on the Carne Asada is our friends from the Ring the Bell podcast, Pods Talk podcast that you can also listen to on the Believe uh, Network. We have Nick Reiner and former Padres closer Heath Bell. Thanks for joining us, guys. I, I know there's this perception that we hate each other, but I think we can come together for 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 a coming of the minds, right? Of course. Oh, definitely. We, we can come together for a couple rounds. <laughs> All right. So I want to I, I want to start off with this. Let's I know there's a lot of stuff we want to cover. The, the, the show pods are coming into Chavez Ravine this weekend, but I, I want an update to hear it from you guys. Uh, you know, after the trade line, you guys won the trade deadline. You got Juan Soto. You gave up the farm. Uh, Tony Gwynn Jr. told me that what you guys gave up to get Soto was legit. What, yeah. what do you guys is that is that the same thing is he right um do you want to go first and then i'll finish or yeah i mean i think the haul was pretty tremendous if you look at all the guys that were in that package they were top prospects and organizations for so long but gone are the days where the padres want to be prospect huggers who want superstars like the dodgers i mean you've got a right fielder and mookie bets that we need to compete with so next best thing juan soto um, and then, of course, all the other moves that they made at the deadline with Drury and Bell and Hader that really hasn't panned out yet. I'll let Heath discuss Hader in a minute, but you gotta you gotta fork up some money if you want to be able to contend in this AL or this NL West. Yeah, I mean, you definitely gotta if you're in. I mean, the Dodgers are spending the money like the Yankees did back in the '90s or late '90s to early 2000s. But it's one of those things as name one team that has the best farm system. That wins the World Series, you know the name of the farm system. Well, this team has the number one farm system. This and that. Here's the thing: we can see it with the Dodgers. You can see it with multiple other teams. If you're, you have a prospect that's a stud, he comes up. 
and he plays in the big leagues. How many times have the Padres at their top three prospects come up and have not done well, or even Very the top often. top ten, top five? <laughs> so even though I didn't see the guys, and Tony Gwynn Jr. is you know he's out there a little bit more than I am. Well, he's out there a lot more than I am, and he's probably seen the guys. Um, I I don't believe I believe you give up your farm system guys in the big leagues to win today because if you're trying to win tomorrow what are you trying to do today lose you know this isn't basketball this isn't football where we get the we will look at college and say oh, this is the best college guy coming out we really want him so we're going to lose we're going to tank this year and lose all our games I mean, you got to put guys in the farm system and if, if they're not moving up quick then what are you doing you know uh, i liked mckenzie gore i hate to see him go i thought he he could have been a good pitcher you know, um, not a potential number one, but a good, really good, solid two, maybe three guy that we could have for a long time and we lost him. But, you know, to get Soto, to get Bell, to get everybody that we've gotten, I think it shows the fans that they want to win now and they want to win this year and next year. And and who do you have to win in the National League West? Who do you got to go through to win? You got to go through the Dodgers. And the Dodgers, every time they call somebody up, the guy's a stud. He does well right off. There's not too many guys that the Dodgers have called up that just kind of end up hitting 290 and stay there for a while. So it is what it is. Now, I, I love the move. I personally, you know, I, I think it's great that you guys go and get the I, – I want a competitive division. I think that's good for baseball. But since the trade deadline, I, I think you guys are actually playing better. But since the trade deadline, what are you guys – correct me if I'm wrong. It's about 500 or are you guys above? I think it's I think it's a little below 500. Is it's a it? little bit. Okay. So we, we, had, we had a skid. We had a skid where there was some some series dropped to some lesser opponents. We've had some blown leads. We had some offensive woes, but it looks like they're finally getting back on the saddle. They've had I think the team morale break. was not good. We did the trade and what the Tatis was thing. 2 days later Tatis thing came out and I think gosh in the locker room of what I've heard Guy, I mean, guys were like, well, we don't need anybody unless they're here. We don't need anybody else, this and that. That just shows me that Tatis wasn't around all season. He probably wasn't trying to help the team, support the team or whatnot. I don't know this to be sure, but it's just one of those things. I think they just kind of they were pissed and, and disappointed and hurt because getting a player like Tatis back is like a huge trade. You know, we were talking about if we don't make a trade deadline, we don't make a trade deadline, it's going to be okay because you're getting Tatis Jr., bonafide you know superstar coming to the team and then all of a sudden we go out and make big names and you know we go out and get what three four guys everything that we need and we're also waiting for tatis and then it doesn't pan out so i think the morale everybody was up and then everybody went down and it's hard to get back up after you go back down it yeah. just really is i did uh, that's what i wanted to ask you about like so I mean, you, the Padres made these moves, right? Everything's kind of coming together. Tatis is coming back, and then all of a sudden, you know, he gets hit with his suspension. Like, like you think that really affected the team? Like, that put them kind of like because they're 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 expecting him to come back, right? And you know, things are probably going to go a lot better. You were in, you've been in that locker room. How does the team react? Like, what do they feel? Like, is it, is it more like just disappointed in him? Are they like angry? Or they're like, what 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 are they feeling after something like that? from you know from tatis especially one of their leaders you're feeling disappointed you know somebody let you down somebody was you know gonna come through for you and you know 
I'm trying to, I mean, it's almost like your girlfriend cheats on you or something, but she was really sorry. And you're just like, it, it, it can't happen. Like, no, you know, or like your best friend's girlfriend's hitting on you and then says, don't say anything about it. It's just something like, no, I, I can't. I, this just is horrible. This horrible news. And I think, it, I think the team said, you know, was disappointed, let down. And I, and I really think that affects you. I mean, we all know it. If you guys got girlfriends or wives and they're just mad at you all day long, you're like, you're just not in a good mood. Yeah. You're, you're going to go and try to perform the best you can, but it's, it's hard, you know, when something is weighing on your mind and just like, man, why did he do that? Look at, we had a chance. I mean, and then you got to figure out how to get through all that, how to, you know, it's like harder when, when you're closing a game and all of a sudden you, you you're not confident anymore because the the coach pulls you out or something you know defense isn't playing right for you or somebody makes errors it's kind of hard to overcome that you know you 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 easily say oh it doesn't it doesn't affect me but we're all human it does affect you i mean it really does you know you bring up a very interesting uh point there about the human element heath because i think especially us fans we just assume these guys are robots and they're just going to go out there they're going to do the same thing if you are projected to be a 280 hitter you need to hit 280 and if you don't what what's wrong with you and we forget just like you just mentioned right now your wife gets mad at you it, it, there's other elements that can affect the game that that are mental so the hater thing I keep hearing, and I don't know if this is true, and that's why I want you guys to verify. He's got some personal stuff going on in terms of the health of, uh, of his child. Is that, is that true? I saw that early on in the, in the pregnancy or um, closer to the, the due date that they had some issues. But since then, I think his wife has come out and um, kind of clapped back a little bit and said that their baby is healthy okay. on social media. So I think things are looking better. But in that period in Milwaukee where he had some blow up appearances was around that time that they were having issues. So there might just be some residue from the fact that he had a couple bad outings and he's still mentally not on the mound where he should be. Yeah. Right. I think he, you're all human. I think that part happened. I was also telling Nick about our last podcast about, he all, he was really comfortable with their catchers in Milwaukee. Oh, okay. They had a they had the scouting report. He had it down packed. And then when you go to a different team, all of a sudden you have different philosophies how to get guys out, how to pitch to them. Because like when I was with the New York Mets, it was all about this is not how this is. Um, Rick Peterson was always about this is how you pitch to guys. When I got to San Diego, they were like, this is how you get guys out. You know, Darren Balsley. Well. Both of them like, okay, how do you pitch to a guy? And then how do you get him out? And it's funny because Pedro Martinez was a teammate of mine and um, Tom Glavin in New York my last year. And they were all like, well, how do you, how do you get the guy out? I don't want to pitch to him. I want to get him out. I want to get him out with one or two pitches. How do you get him out? And he's like, well, this is what this is how you pitch to him. And it's like, and San Diego is like, well, this, this, he gets out on this pitch a lot. This is his really good pitch and this is how you get him out. So when you're changing pitching philosophies of how to call pitches and stuff, or if you don't agree with the catcher, I mean, I've had some catchers where just say, just throw what I put down and we'll get guys out. And I'm like, but I don't want to pitch that way. That's not how I pitch. Yeah, it's your like, career. Just, just listen to me. I will, you'll be fine. And it's like, well, if I give up a home run and it doesn't go against you, go against me. 
So because some of his pitches were down in the zone, I saw were on the on the corner. They just didn't have that conviction. They just didn't have that. Go ahead and try to hit this. It was more like don't hit this one. Yeah. Try not don't hit this one far. That's what it looked like me on the mound. That's what he, it looked like. He secured a save in San Francisco, which we're happy about. He did look a little erratic in terms of his command, but he says it all the time about Bob Melvin. He's one of those managers that goes out and tries to exude confidence in those guys, right? They're having bad outings. He goes right back to the well and says, look, you're still our guy. Although Nick Martinez has been locking it down for a little bit as our closer, we're still going to need Josh Hader down the stretch. They need to give him that confidence back, and that's where Bob Melvin plays a key role. So I, I... I was surprised at how hard the rest of those, uh, everyone in that clubhouse went after Tatis. I, I just didn't expect that. So it was that, is there, you had mentioned Heath that it just seemed like Tatis was just not there all year. Is there just like, I, I had compared him to Puig. I know it's not apples to apples, but it got <laughs> to close. a point where, you know, with Puig, people were so fed up over here that they were just saying what, like they weren't holding back anymore. You guys haven't even started paying Tatis yet. I mean, is do you guys feel that he can change course and this is no longer going to be something that's going to hover for him? Or is he going to be now an issue in the locker room? No, I think what, I mean, the difference, I mean, I used to talk to Adrian Gonzalez all the time about <laughs> Yasio. So, um, like he's not, that. Tatis was nothing like that in the locker room. I think what it is is, Tatis Jr. has this, all this young talent. He's a big, you know, big kid. He's young or immature, I guess, or young in the head or whatever you want to call it. Hasn't matured in the head yet or whatnot. Grown up, I it's guess. Called space but, he, he's been coddled his entire life. He's got yeah. he has rich MLB parents. So I take I take it like um, Pablo Sandoval in San Francisco. You know, Pablo became really good and then one offseason came back like 60 pounds heavier. And so what the Giants did was, okay, well, we're only going to let you go to Venezuela a couple weeks out of the year in the offseason, and we're going to set you up in San Diego so you can't eat three or four pizzas every night and because that's just what he would do. And, I mean, I love the guy to death. The guy's great, but it just it happened that way. So I think Tatis will be fine. I think San Diego just has to pay attention a little bit more and just can't trust him 100%. But I think in two two years i think tatis will understand like hey okay i should do this i shouldn't do that because like in spring training it was you know did you hurt it hurt it during the motorcycle crash which one and then when he apologized to everybody he said well i'm gonna have my arms i'm gonna have shoulder surgery arm surgery that he never wanted to get done you know and that's fine he really wanted to play i respect him for that but then he, after that quote, he goes, well, so I guess I'm going to be in San Diego for all off season. And it's like, you were told that you're staying here. You know, that's somebody that got in trouble, <laughs> but I think he's going to be fine. The talent that he has, if he just goes out and plays and learns, and I think Machado probably did the same thing in Milwaukee or in Baltimore, but we didn't know about it because we weren't there. And, you know, about throwing the bat when he gets mad at certain guys and they weren't really a good team back in the day. So I think everybody has a little bit of growing pain, especially when you get to the big leagues when you're that young. Um, because like Nick said, you know, you're coddled, you're there, whatever you do, it's okay because you're, you're so-and-so or you're so-and-so's kid. Um, like my kids in Arkansas right now in college, 
not once I was harder on him than any other kid that I coached. You know, I was like, I'm not cuddling you. Like you're gonna have to work. You're gonna have to earn it. So, but, but that's the, the stuff that was said. He don't you? I mean, when you're in the locker room with those guys, wasn't that all behind closed doors? I just don't remember players. Like I said, with Puig, it was towards the end. Players openly going to the public, saying exactly what you're just saying. He's immature. He needs to like. Wouldn't that be done behind closed doors? And be like, hey man, get your shit together. We need you. I will um, say. Real quickly, I think that a lot of it comes down to the fact that he wasn't around the organization enough okay. this season that players were like, I mean, we might as well just say it for the media because he's not here to hear it, you know? Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, I think that's what happened. I mean, if here's the thing. If a guy's not in the locker room, how can you get mad at him? You know, if he wasn't supporting you all year, like, you know, April, May, June, wasn't in there. I mean, because where are you rehabbing? And like my, my son's like, he told me, he's like, it could have been an accident with the cream. And I'm like, well, you're hearing all these different stories. Like, why don't you go to the team doctor? Why is he back over here if he's rehabbing? So I don't know why he did it. I kind of believe him partially and don't believe him the other half, but it, it's just one of those things. Like he just needs to grow up. And I think the, I think the teammates were upset because he wasn't there. It wasn't in the, you know, it, it's different from being there all every home game and then not being there on road games or just showing up like once every two weeks, you know, is that so? Yeah. And I also think a lot of it is as well is like, he's such a, a big piece of, of baseball, just in terms of a personality that I think his players or his teammates want him to feel like, look, man, like the world needs to know the world needs to hear that. Like, we're not exactly happy with what's going on. Like you need to, mature you need to grow up this isn't the first time that we've been upset with you and we're not afraid to talk about it you know in front of the world and so for him he's got to get a little reality check and say okay you know what like this is more than just about me like i need to i need to be more about my team you know my image is is so important right now and my legacy is so important at 23 years old but he's got so much time to rebuild his legacy and his career and gain the trust back of his teammates and the fans of course too i see a lot of padres fans on twitter and facebook and wherever they post we're selling our tatis jerseys we're trading them in like come on like he's he's gonna hit a home run you know his first game back and you guys are gonna cry and, and be you know cheers yeah, of joy you're gonna, you're gonna love him again exactly so. I think he's just young and you do you do stupid mistakes when you're young. I just that's all it is. So you guys are coming in this weekend and look, the division's over, right? The division's over. However, I mean I still do, got a chance, man. Still that, got a chance. Uh, that's true. That, that's true. What's the magic number again right now, baby face? Fourteen? Four, fourteen. <laughs> so I think you did lose Gonzalin. <laughs> Well, look, the injury, the baseball guys are upset with us. The injuries are coming at real the quickly, worst time. At the quickly, worst time. Now that we're talking about Gonsolin, just real quickly. Yeah. Don't you think there's a sliver of a chance that he could totally blow up in the postseason? I feel like he's one of those oh, guys. I, I, look, I was telling these guys over here because I'm the Prince of Darkness over here. You mean to tell me you're comfortable with Gonsolin going against Scherzer? Gonsolin going against DeGrom if you face the Mets? Or even Max Fried if you get the Braves? I, I, I'm a little nervous about that. Look, the Dodgers starting pitching, I'm a, I'm a little nervous come, you know, the playoffs. But here's the interesting thing. I think you guys are going to end up in the fifth spot because the Cerveceros, I, there's no way. They're too inconsistent. I don't think they're ever going to fight for that sixth spot. But I do see you guys overtaking the Phillies 
for that fifth spot. Would you guys rather deal with the Braves in the first round or deal with the, the Cardinals right now who seem to be like red hot? I, I want the Braves. I'm sorry. I want the Cardinals. I want nothing to do with the Braves right now. And right. let's just, if we keep this sixth spot right now, the road would be the Cardinals. And then if we beat the Cardinals, it would be the Mets. We wouldn't have to yeah. play you guys. I don't <laughs> want to play you guys until the very end. By then, all our pitchers will be hurt, Nick. So yeah. you guys will be you'll be fine. Exactly. What, what do you think, Heath? I mean, does it matter? I mean, do you guys actually, when you guys are playing, do you actually look at matchups? Or is that just bad karma? No, honestly, I think the coaching staff looks at the matchups. I think players, I mean, we look at it, but honestly, we're, I think the Padres right now are just worried about just getting in and they're not worried about the, the sixth spot, the fifth spot or whatnot. They're just like, okay, let's just get in. Let's get in. And as soon as they get in, I think they'll start looking, but I don't think we're going to have any time. It'll be like, we'll get in and there'll be two games left. So it, it will be, all right, who do we play? You know, I just really hope that, you know, we have a month left of the season. I really hope the last week we start really getting hot. I mean, that's whoever gets hot right at the at the the end of the season has the best chance. So I don't I don't yeah. really care if we we play the Braves, Phillies, Cardinals. I know we have some bad history with the Cardinals, but so did the Dodgers until they end up beating them. So um, it doesn't really matter. I just want us not limping to go into the playoffs. I just want us to get into the playoffs, and you just never know what could happen. So, so speaking of limping, what are you guys? What are your biggest concerns going into the in the postseason? Like, what's happening with Sean Manaya? Why, why is he struggling so much? Not getting the ball down. <laughs> He's kidding. You know, I I really think the pitching it's it's the lack of confidence. I mean, it. I don't believe that the con, the guys out there feel like they have to um, only give up like one run a game. Um, I just, I feel like they're, they're not pitching with conviction. That's, that's what I'm watching on TV and stuff. It's, it just seems like they're just throwing pitches instead of going, I'm going to throw this by you. You're going to swing and mess with this. You can just see it, you know, confidence, that body language and the facial expression. Um, but you know, I'm not, I'm not in their own head. I'm not there. I know they're confident, but it just, it's just what I see on the outside. And it, it's almost like, they're trying to win, you know, they're trying to go hundred pitches and go a complete game, but it's like every pitcher throws a hundred pitches and through five innings, you know, yeah, yeah. throw strike one, strike two, let's go. Let's get people out. Yeah. First two pitches. I mean, we, Darren Balsley had a motto, three or less pitches, get somebody out in three or less pitches. If you get somebody out three or less pitches, you can't walk them and you're going to throw very minimum pitches, even if you give up a hit. So, um, I just think the philosophy is a little bit different. If the guys could come together like they did early in the year, do you remember the the starting pitching early in the year? They were fooling around, joking around with us, and I know winning breeds that, but they need to get back to that where they're a yeah. tight-knit family, fun. and I think they'll go really far if they do that. Yeah, just have fun. And I think right now for Manaya, there's a, a few things that are probably in his head. One, it's a contract year. He's going to be a free agent next year. He wants to get some money, so that's in his head. And two – he might be losing his job. You know, if he has a couple more bad starts or I don't even know how much, I don't know how long the leash is here, but I'm not comfortable putting that guy out there in very close games right now. So is pitching your, the biggest concern for you, Nick? Have they resolved their offensive uh, woes? I still think that the offense is the biggest, is the biggest concern right now because one, two, and three, I think are fine. 
Musgrove, Darvish, Clevenger. I think those are your one, two, and three of heading into the playoffs if you're making the playoffs. Bullpen, they've had flashes of greatness. They've they've had some woes as well, but there's definitely some guys that have stuff that I'm confident in. And I think they can they can reel it in. They're a little bit overworked. The offense has been the struggle. I mean, the identity just doesn't really hasn't really taken shape. Like the the game that they exploded against for um I don't remember how many Giants. runs it was, but it was the first. It was the first game back against uh, Kansas City. They were attacking first pitch every every time, and they were just stroking it. And throughout the season, they they're you know walking here, taking pitches right down the middle, you know striking out, looking backwards K here, backwards K there. And so I feel like the philosophy in the in in the dugout in terms of hitting just wasn't there. Um, so they they need to figure it out quickly because they can't afford to go on another you know, skid as an offensive unit. So what do you expect? Because we, we go, we got them in LA and then we go down to San Diego. I mean, are you guys going to be playing us like you're playing for the world series or, I mean, if, if, if you guys don't win two out of three in any of these series, what's it going to do to you guys' morale? I mean, we got to win at least one. I don't think we've, I don't think we've <laughs> won a series against you guys since like last year. Oh my gosh. Remember the beginning of the season, Nick, when we talked and how optimistic you were about the show pods and the Dodgers. Now it's resorted to, you just wish you won one game. Seriously. We had, when was the last time we beat you guys? Actually, yeah. like the last time we won a game against you guys. Babyface yeah. is really good at this stuff. Do you remember no. Babyface? I mean, it was like last May. I think Dodgers have won like 17 of 19, like since then or something like that. It's absurd. I mean, I mean, I think this weekend is huge for the Padres just for morale sake. Because if they come in like last time and get swept or whatever it is, two out of three games, if they lose that, I think it's especially with the Padres kind of, okay, on a high note, they just, you know, they won a series in San Francisco. They're coming in, you know, Dodgers are coming in from a road trip. You know, Padres got to win some games just for their morale sake. But you know, yep. like I said if Do- if Dodgers come in and win two out of three, if they sweep, you know, it's not, it's not going to be looking good I, for the Padres. I think I think if we get swept here in this series, is a hot take. I don't think we're making the playoffs. I think it, <laughs> I, I think the team morale is going to be like if we cannot beat these damn guys. Like, what's the point? You know, well, we got to really... figure, we, we figure ahead, something Ethan. out. I, I just don't think the Brewers are good enough to catch you guys, even if you guys yeah. slump. I I mean, the Brewers are losing games to the Cubs. Yeah, Brewers aren't playing that good. Yeah, but the Brewers, you know, it just they're kind of a streaky team where we haven't really rebounded since Tatis. I mean, we're kind of – we're just – we haven't really played well. We finally played well against San Francisco. We didn't even play well against the Royals, and the Royals are a bad team. So – so, so let, I'll, I'll leave you guys with this. We'll, we'll hop out on this. If for some reason, let's say the worst case scenario, you guys don't make the playoffs this year. What happens to you guys going into next year? What happens to us? Yeah, well, first like, of all, is someone going to hit the panic button? Is someone going to think? I think AJ probably gets fired. We've, we've well, talked about this already. Okay, so here's the thing. I feel like we're making the playoffs. Right. But if I can guarantee AJ Preller getting fired, I want to not go to the playoffs this year. <laughs> he doesn't like AJ at all. So, For a couple so you, reasons, though. So you think that that last move, that Soto, that's like his last shot? Like, if, So they got to make the playoffs this year. If they don't, yep. he's, he's gone? I think it would be the best move for them. I really do. I yeah, mean, I mean, at this point, at this point, AJ has gotten them Tatis and Soto. It's like, all right, thanks, AJ. Now let's get someone who can come and actually build a championship team. 
Is there a scenario where you guys end up trading Soto in that last year if things don't go well for you guys? Yeah, for sure. To try to rebuild the farm system. Definitely. I think it's always, but you don't try to rebuild the farm system because you can just go and draft people. Look at, do you think um, the Dodgers will rebuild their farm system? Do you think Tampa rebuild their farm system? The Yankees? Any the Cardinals with through trades or through good drafting and good coaching in the minors, developing guys. That's where you'd get farm system. You know, everybody in the minor leagues throws really hard. Everybody can hit the ball really far, but can everybody hit a curveball? Can everybody recognize the spins? Can everybody hit their spots? Throw multi three or four pitches. I think it's it's the coaching staff and it's the developing in the minor leagues to help your big league club. And I and I could see us trading Soto if things don't go well in his last year before free agency. But I could also see us trying to sign him and say, okay, we, we want you here. Maybe not a 10-year, 15-year deal, but we want you here for four or five years. Yeah. You know, so, our, our owner's been very vocal about wanting to bring him on. Yeah, but Boris, I, I, I think Boris is going to force him to be a free agent just to get that I, I think what they're I know Alonzo believes this that they're after the 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 yearly average that's the high number that they that they want to get because to turn down all the money he's already turned down it's like man the next day you could have a catastrophic injury man yeah well, but here's wouldn't the thing. you take the money well here's the thing let's just say you know I know football's coming up and we're talking about baseball Let's just say you're a first round pick with Detroit Lions and they're just horrible. And then it's your second year and they want to pay you a billion dollars. Would you just say, okay, or you have a chance to say, no, I don't want the money. I want to go play for a team that has Winner. a chance to win the Super Bowl. Where now Soto has a chance in San Diego. I think San Diego has a chance. Now they need a couple, they need to put some things together or bring in a piece or two you know it's hard to say what that actually is but the dodgers did it a few years ago and putting it together that's kind of the, the thing you got to figure out how to put it together and it's really hard to get a bunch of stars and put it together with nothing goes wrong and we've had the tatis thing go wrong we've had other things go wrong so it's just been okay so now what do we do so i think you you give the padres a year or two you know, like anything can happen this year in the playoffs, and I believe we're going to get there. The only way I don't want us to go is if, you know, AJ's gone. <laughs> and then um, it's just one of those things that I think the Padres have a chance the next couple of years to do something special, and but they just got to keep building. I really do. And there you have it, ladies and gentlemen, the hosts of Ring the Bell Pods Talk, the uh, the conflicted Heath Bell, and yeah. the well, who I used to think was an eternal optimist, and Nick. Now I, I'm afraid I'm rubbing off on you and being the Prince of Darkness, Nick. Uh, <laughs> thank you guys for joining us again. Uh, if you guys just want to know more about baseball, listen to these guys. They're on Believe. They're on our network. Check them out. It's uh, Ring the Bell Pods Talk. Thanks, guys. Really appreciate it. Go Padres. <laughs> and there you have it. Ring the Bell Podstock, joined by the Bleed Los guys. Great guys, even though they're Dodgers fans. We won't hold it against them. We got three series left against the Dodgers in the regular season. Hopefully we can secure some dubs. If not, our chances are looking far and far more unlikely to reach the World Series or even the playoffs. So, Pods fans, keep the faith. Get some dubs. We'll see you next week. Life is a highway. 
and on it there will be many chicken sandwiches. But there's only one McCrispy, so go ahead and hit the turn signal if you know about this juicy gem of a detour. What kind of fun is waiting for you at King's Island? The holy cow, we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun. The make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at King's Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun this season. King's Island is now open weekends. 